This is our first session on Colossians 2, 13-15, which surely must be, in the whole Bible, one of the most straightforward and glorious descriptions of what happened on Good Friday, what happened on the cross, to enable God, in justice, to make us alive with Christ. Let's read it. You'll see why I broke these propositions down onto their separate lines as we go. You who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, so there's the description of what we were like and why we needed a supernatural work of God to make us alive. God made us alive with Christ. So there's the great event of life giving. And all of this is what he did on the cross to make this possible. Having forgiven us all our trespasses by wiping out the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This, this record of debt, this he took away from the midst nailing it to the cross, having stripped the rulers and authorities and put them to an open shame, triumphing over them in him. And what I want to focus on in this session with you is verse 13, but in particular, this word dead. What was our condition before Christ on the basis of all that he did on the cross, made us alive. So, Father, as we try to understand what we were like, even if we don't even remember it because we were converted at a very young age, or some may well remember it, whether we remember it or not, grant us to understand it biblically, not just experientially, since our experience is so uh, fallible as we try to interpret it, But your word, we want to understand who we were by your word so that we can glory in what you did for us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we focus on this for just a minute, let me say a word about dead in the uncircumcision of your flesh. We've already dealt with this because in the preceding two verses, remember it said, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of the flesh. The human body is not sinful in itself, but when mastered by and ruled by this sinful dimension of life, this rebellious, unbelieving flesh, then the body needs to be set free from that, and he's picturing it as a circumcision. That is, the the body, insofar as it is a sin-ruled, flesh-ruled body, needs to be cut away, like the foreskin is cut away from the male sexual organ, as a symbol of the new covenant relationship that we now have with God, because that's what circumcision was in the Old Testament. So there's this circumcision made without hands, 
by the putting off of the body of flesh. How did that happen? It happened when we died with Christ through faith in baptism. By the circumcision of Christ, having been buried, we died, and that old body of flesh died with him in baptism in which you were raised through faith. So I don't, I don't want to say any more about that because you can go back and I think we spent three sessions maybe on that. I want to focus on dead. I want to know what did it mean for John Piper to be dead before I was made alive? What does dead mean? It all begins in Genesis, doesn't it? The very first book of the Bible. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. This knowledge of good and evil stands for don't presume to get the kind of knowledge that will make you independent from me as though you know better for yourself than I do what's good for you. Don't eat that tree, because in the day that you eat of it, you will die. And we discover then, as the Bible goes forward, that that dying here is in at least three senses. There's spiritual death that we're trying to understand right now, then there's physical death, and then there's the second death, which is the lake of fire, eternal judgment apart from God. So that's where it begins. And then Paul says in Romans 5, explaining how that affects all of us, how Adam's sin affects all of us. Just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, there when he disobeyed in the garden, and death through sin. So death came through sin or through trespass, through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. For if many died through one man's trespass, so death is correlated with trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. We'll see that in the sessions to come. But right now, I'm just correlating death and trespass, and it all began in the first trespass with Adam, and then that contaminates the whole human race. And Paul sums it up like this in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And you can see by the contrast between eternal life and death that this death is more than physical death because it contrasts with eternal life. It's not just life in this world contrasted with death, but it's eternal life contrasted with eternal death. That's the wage of sin. And what Colossians is saying is that we were walking dead. We were dead. Before we died, we died. So there's a spiritual dimension to this death in this life. Luke uh, 9.60 shows that Jesus himself thought in these terms. Jesus said, leave the dead to bury their own dead. What does that mean? It means that there are living dead who can bury their own physical dead. He said it again in Luke 15 in the parable of the prodigal son. This, my son, was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. And then at the end of the story, 
speaking to the elder brother. The father says, It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead, and he's alive. He was lost and is found. So that's the condition of every person. We're all prodigals from our Heavenly Father. We're all living dead. Now, what does that mean? What what is it like to be dead before we are made alive in Christ? And here's Ephesians more fully than Colossians. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So this is the walking dead. According to the age of this world, we were walking in lockstep with the spirit of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, we were the lackeys of Satan without even knowing he existed. We didn't even believe in him. And we were in lockstep with the age, lockstep with the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, the devil, who is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Oh, there were plenty of living passions in this dead person. And we were dead because we were enslaved to these fleshly passions, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind. Oh, the body was alive, the mind was alive, all alive to do the desires of the flesh and thus be dead. And we were by nature, it was our nature to live like that, and thus children of wrath, the ultimate death, the lake of fire, like the rest of mankind. But now, as we lived like that, as dead people, what were the marks of our death? Let me just point a few. Here's Ephesians 4.18. They were darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance, darkened, alienated, ignorant, due to the hardness of their heart. This is the deepest dimension of deadness. A stone is hard. The heart is like a stone. The heart is dead, dead to God, dead to spiritual life, dead to perceptions of the glory of God. Or another way to describe it is blind in 2 Corinthians 4. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This is what we're dead to right here. When the gospel is preached, dead people look at it and say, boring, myth, disinterested, no thank you, cramps my style. I think you're all a bunch of jerks, so stay out of my life. That's the way dead people talk about the most beautiful thing in the world, because they are blind. And therefore, they are unable to understand the gospel. So, dead and hard and blind, and now not able. The natural person, that's the dead person apart from the Holy Spirit, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able, he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So we are so hard and so resistant to God in our rebellion that we have a moral inability to see 
And here's the way that inability shows itself in Romans 8. The mind that is set on the flesh, the mind of the flesh, is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we understand dead as hard, hardness of heart. We understand dead as blinded by Satan, and we understand dead as not able. We move to the point in our deadness where we cannot see, we cannot submit to God. That's our condition in Colossians 2.13. And now we need to see how does he make us alive and how does it relate to all that he accomplished on the cross.